Welcome to Artful Conversations, a podcast about arts and cultural management. I'm Anita Latham. And I'm Katrina Ingram. We interview leaders who help shape the world of arts and culture, sharing their stories, insights, and observations. Welcome to Art for Conversations. I'm your host, Anita Latham. Joining me today is Simone Bru, CEO of Canada Council for the Arts. Simone, welcome. Hello. The Canada Council for the Arts is a national public arts funder. Can you tell us a bit about the history of the Canada Council for the Arts and its mandate? Yes, the Canada Council for the Arts has been established in 1957, so almost 61 years ago now. And uh, it has been created uh, and it has been inspired by the model of the British uh, Arts Council. Um, And the idea was to create uh, a crown corporation that is uh, independent from the government, that is at arm's length from the government, with the mandate of uh, supporting, of promoting the enjoyment of the arts in the Canadian society and uh, support uh, of the creation of uh, of arts and literature in, uh, by uh, Canadian artists. Wonderful. Thank you for that. You took on the role of CEO of the Canada Council in 2014, following a long career as a speaker and an author and a leader in various cultural institutes. You've also been called um, a cultural warrior. (laughs) That's a a great title. Um, (laughs) What motivated you to take on this role? Um, Interesting question. I I served uh, for 10 years before coming here on the board of the Canada Council as a volunteer. I have been the vice chair of that organization for uh, 10 years in a row, uh, which is a very long mandate for, and, and, and during those years, I was also uh, the, the CEO of the National Theatre School in Montreal, right. so really working with uh, young uh, aspiring uh, actors, designers, playwrights, uh, technicians and I also uh, I was also uh, involved for years uh, in uh, really advocating for a bigger role for arts and culture in our society right. I, I did it through uh, involvement in uh, in uh, an organization called culture Montreal but also by writing you know, a book that became quite well known in Canada with the title of No Culture, No Future. Yes, I've no read future, it. No, yeah. yeah. And, um, and uh, I kind of, um, I was offered, uh, you know, I, to consider the possibility of becoming the CEO of the Canada Council. And I thought it was, uh, it was kind of a nice conclusion to a long journey uh, to, to, to give more uh, meaning to uh, arts and culture and trying to to come with uh, really a vision of uh, renewing public support for the arts. Right. Okay. Um, We've talked about the high-level mandate that Canada Council for the Arts has as a national public arts funder. The Canada Council reports to Parliament through the Minister of Canadian Heritage Can you further expand on this reporting structure and what it means to the way that the Canada Council operates? 
Yeah, the Canada Council gets its uh, its budget through what we call a Parliament appropriation. So, it's it's the Parliament of Canada uh, by voting the budget of the country that uh, decides what will be the level of funding of the organization. Okay. Uh, I am as the CEO. I'm appointed by the Governor and Council, so it's really an appointment by the government. And my role is as the CEO, uh, and I also have a board also appointed by uh, the government. So my role as a CEO is to report uh, on a daily basis to my board, so to a regular you know, board of uh, trustees, yes. but also to report to Canadians through uh, to the parliament through the minister of uh, Canadian heritage. So yes. it is done in, in very formal ways, uh, like, you know, we, we do have to publish uh, an annual report and it's presented in front of the parliament. Uh, it, sometimes it means uh, it involves going to uh, parliamentary commissions uh, on, on, on culture or on finance and answering the questions of uh, parliamentaries about what we do and how we deliver our mandate. But it is also, uh, I also report through many uh, informal uh, uh, mechanisms, uh, like, you know, there is, a, there is a, a meeting of all the portfolio agencies, so that's the CBC, uh, the National Film Board, Telefilm, and all these organizations, we are all part of, uh, of one portfolio, and we would meet regularly uh, at the same table, and meet uh, both the deputy minister and the minister from time to time to discuss issues that are related to uh, the role of uh, the state in terms of maintaining and nurturing uh, uh, a lively uh, cultural landscape in this country. In, in addition to being a funder, the Canada yep. Council is also a voice for artists nationally and internationally. Yes. Can you speak about some of the work that the Canada Council undertakes internationally on behalf of Canadian artists? We are, uh, I mean, we, we are obviously uh, uh, the, 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 the national funder in Canada, but we also are uh, members of an international federation of arts councils and uh, cultural agencies uh, who are uh, really active, uh, doing more or less the same thing in their respective countries. Yes. Actually, I'm a member of the board of that uh, international organization. And uh, so it means that on a regular basis, what we try to do is really to share uh, our own perspective on uh, on cultural policies and uh, advancing uh, the the cultural democratization and the support of the arts but it's also for us uh, a matter of building bridges with other countries and other nations and those bridges are very important to uh, share not only ideas but also to uh, to support the circulation of artists and, and of uh, Canadian uh, productions uh, or, or, or books or literature. Or, uh, so, so we are very active both to uh, support the outreach, yes. uh, the international outreach of Canadian artists and artistic companies, but also to develop a sense of reciprocity with uh, the, the other countries who uh, are sending their artists and their cultural uh, 
presentations to Canada. So it's a very, uh, for us, it's a very important priority. And what we do more and more is we try to make sure that what we present or support uh, for the rest of the world is reflecting not only the best of the best in terms of uh, artistic creation, but also is reflecting the different uh, conversations and debates and discussions that are happening in our society. Uh, for instance, the the huge conversation that is happening right now on reconciliation with uh, indigenous peoples of yes. this land. Yeah. So uh, we, we, we make sure that uh, we don't present Canada uh, as if we were uh, presenting a nice postal card, but that we present Canada with uh, its, uh, its uh, greatness and its uh, challenges. Yes, yeah. And it, it's, um, you know, that's been done in other places around the world too, you know, Australia yes. Australia's focusing on Absolutely. those kind yeah. of things as well. Um, yeah. And we have a lot of uh, what we call bilateral exchanges with uh, other countries and other arts councils. Australia is a good example, England. Uh, we're working right now uh, on a project that will, uh, that will happen in Ottawa in May. And that's the organization of the first uh, meeting of the arts funders, the public arts funders yeah. of all the Ameri- uh, Americas. Right. So it, we we're inviting and convening uh, leaders of uh, public funding of the arts coming from the 34 or so uh, countries in the uh, Americas. So right. it's, uh, it's also part of, uh, of developing those dialogues with uh, other countries. Wonderful. And the bilateral agreements that you referred to, do you see that as a way of Canadian artists being able to engage on an international platform? It's a way to do it. It's one of the different ways. So there are kind of two big ways we we do it. One is uh, we get from Canadian artists or Canadian artistic companies proposals because they want to tour internationally or they want to co-produce internationally. And uh, those proposals are evaluated uh, here. And uh, the most promising one will get direct support from the Canada Council. But we could also do it through... Uh, um, really uh, memorandum of understandings with other countries or at the occasion of some international platforms like the Biennale in Venice. Yes. Uh, Every two years there's a Biennale on uh, architecture, there's one on uh, visual art, and the Canada Council is really active and involved to support uh, the artists or the architects who are presenting to those biennale. Yeah. Uh, it's the same with uh, the major book fairs in the world, like the Frankfurt one. So, so there are many ways for us to uh, to promote uh, Canadian uh, artists and writers all over the world. And uh, over the next uh, four years, our intention is to double the level of investment on that front. Oh, that's exciting. That's wonderful. Mm. Um, And talking about change and and things moving forward, the Canada Council has recently made some pretty significant changes that are outlined in your strategic plan called Shaping a New Future, um, which has been described as a bold plan for the future for the arts in Canada. Mm. Can you tell us more about what motivated these changes? 
we uh, we were when we crafted that uh, that vision for five years. So it goes from 2016 to 2021. We we were uh, we knew that uh, the federal government, uh, our new government, was ready to double uh, our budget over five years, which which is what which was really and is a very bold statement uh, and a big vote of confidence towards the work that we do at Canada Council. And uh, we kind of really uh, started from the perspective that doing more of the same should not be an option, that uh, that doubling of our budget should be really transformative, and that we should uh, really support the emergence of new voices in the artistic uh, landscape of the country. That yes. uh, so, so we came with a set of very uh, uh, concrete priorities, and uh, one of them is around uh, indigenous art. Yes. We, we feel that uh, there's a momentum right now in Canada to uh, really give more, uh, more attention and more power and more capacities and more uh, means to uh, indigenous artists yeah. to express their uh, their uh, voice and their desire in a context that is not eurocentric anymore but that is really in their own worldviews. Yes. So really the notion of uh, supporting indigenous arts in the context of self-determination. So that's a big priority. Yeah. Another one is uh, around uh, the, the need to better reflect the diversity of our country uh, in terms of the workforce of the artistic organizations, in terms of the programming and the, ma the governance uh, of those, uh, and, and also the audience of the artistic companies that we are supporting. Uh, a third one is around youth and, uh, and new voices. So we right. committed that 25% uh, of the new money the Canada Council is getting uh, need to go to uh, artists and organizations or organizations that never got funding by the Canada Council okay. before. Uh, really to to put uh, you know uh, to to create a sense of renewal uh, in the artistic sector and finally we 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 made uh, very clear commitments uh, on uh, the international for, for international presence of uh, of Canadian artists and and uh, and, uh, and production of work of arts by Canadian artists uh, so these are kind of a very, uh, very clear uh, goals that are part of that plan. Yes. And we aligned our investment to support those goals. Okay. So it's, yes, it's a, we're not, uh, the Canada Council is not in a situation of being uh, passive or just responding to the perceived needs of um, the artists and the artist organization, but what we are trying to do is to make investments that will have uh, a lasting impact on, uh, on, on our mandate, so on the enjoyment of the arts by Canadians yep. and on the quality and the uh, impact of the artistic uh, and literary creation from C to C to C. Okay, so we're, it's, it's 2018, so that means the plan, um, it, as you said, is uh, outlined for mm. until 2021. For you personally, what's one of the key things that you'd kind of like to um, tick off to say that the plan achieved that? Um, I, 
I, I really hope that uh, I, I think this plan, you know, I think we will deliver what we, uh, I'm convinced that we will deliver what we committed for uh, the, that five-year cycle. And I think that beyond that, what will be really important is really to think more and more and act more and more uh, with the perspective of sustainability. So right. making sure that uh, uh, we sustain uh, those uh, changes and those uh, kind of uh, emerging voices and organizations. And, and, and this question of sustainability is, uh, is a daunting one because uh, there's a, always a sense that uh, we need to put more and more and more public money uh, in, in the system. Yes. Uh, my view is that uh, artists and artistic organizations need to find new ways, need to collaborate more yes. uh, between themselves, need to uh, find new business models uh, and, and, and new connections with their communities to uh, be able to be more resilient and to, uh, to, to, to have a, a more uh, sustained uh, way of uh, working and, uh, uh, and achieving their goals. Yeah. So sustainability is a big uh, is, is a big uh, wish and a big uh, uh, goal for the future. Fantastic! Thank you for that. Um, in undertaking this plan, uh, you've gone from 147 granting mm-hmm. programs to just six funding programs. Yeah. Um, to say you streamline things is a pretty huge statement. <laughs> how does the old funding model contrast with the new funding model and how how might that impact on organisations as they navigate through the new model? Mm. The, uh, I think the main difference between the the past model and the new model is really that the new model is outcome based so so instead of saying okay we we have you know 150 programs to support every aspect of you know 10 different uh, uh, theater practices uh, and uh, different ways of doing literature and all of that and 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 in fact just trying to maintain uh, you know, good theater, good literature, good dance, orchestral music, and, and so on. We kind of uh, revised everything and say, okay, we need to, to have programs that are supporting uh, research and development, for instance, right, and, yeah. and artistic creation, or that are supporting international. No matter what you want to present on the international stage, would it be theater or dance or uh, anything? Uh, I mean, it should be in, in one program because we should be able to compare things and we should be to deliver the outcome and the outcome in that case is uh, is uh, international outreach of uh, Canadian artists so we reorganized everything to achieve big outcomes right and the programs are now uh, they are not uh, narrow corridors they yes. are large corridors right and it and it gives the artists and the artistic organization the possibility to be more supported on their own terms right. as opposed to try to fit in very very precise boxes that we have built over years. So I would say that our new model is less prescriptive 
than the last one. We are less in a position where we, we are telling precisely the artists and the uh, artistic organizations what to do to get funding. Yes. Uh, we are more now uh, saying to them, okay, if you, if you want to achieve um, uh, an artistic project, submit it in, in, in a program that is non-disciplinary, and that's for us uh, at Canada Council to find a way uh, to better support it. So it's us to adapt to the needs and to the quest of the artists and the artistic organizations and not the other way around. Fantastic. So it, it basically... Um, the change of the to the six funding programs you you're saying will provide a broader scope for organizations to engage with i I think so a more a more flexible nimble system yeah. uh, and a, and a most and a more evolutive system to 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 make sure that we do react quickly. Uh, to uh, the changes that are happening anyway uh, out there, uh, notably because of uh, of the impact of digital. Um, so, so yes, we we think that the new model uh, makes the Canada Council more relevant uh, for the environment in which we uh, operate now. Wonderful, thank you for that. The Canada Council has also tripled the support for Indigenous artists. Can you speak to the vision behind this increase and what outcomes you hope this will achieve? So we, we, we made that decision uh, in the context of the uh, post-Truth uh, and Reconciliation uh, Commission in Canada. Yes. So we, we, we announced that just before the, the final report has been released. And the idea was to recognize uh, in, in a very uh, concrete way that this country uh, has practiced uh, what is called now uh, the equivalent of uh, a cultural genocide with indigenous people of this country. So yes. we consider that as a public arts funder, we cannot support uh, indigenous arts uh, and artists as if nothing happened. Yeah. Uh, we, we are really in a process of reconciliation, in a process of changing uh, the tide in the relationship between uh, nations in Canada. And in the context of, uh, in the broader context of uh, a kind of a, an internal decolonization. Yes. So in that context, we felt that uh, one way to, to do it uh, was to really uh, augment proportionally uh, much more uh, the support we give directly to uh, indigenous uh, artists uh, for them to, to really uh, uh, have the possibility of uh, of uh, to have more possibilities of expressing uh, their uh, vision of the world, yeah. and um, so so and it has been very well received. We 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 feel that uh, right now in Canada, uh, indigenous art is probably one of the most uh, vibrant uh, uh, portion of all the artistic creation in this country. Yes. And we think that uh, it's bringing a perspective to uh, how arts uh, are embedded in the daily life that, uh, that is unique and that uh, should inspire the 
Canadian population and every artist from any discipline and any origin in this country. Yeah, oh, that I mean, that's incredibly exciting. I, it is exciting. Yeah, we're, it, we're, absolutely. It's, yeah. it's a moment of our history that uh, uh, that 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 could change the future so yeah. that's really uh, yeah that's really exciting and well it rem- and it also moves uh, indigenous art out of the kind of tourism sector and puts it into you know a, a relevant artistic engagement sector in its own right yeah it's putting uh, yeah it's putting it at, at the forefront yes of uh, of uh, artistic creation and 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 also of the forefront of uh, the engagement uh, of uh, citizens, uh, you know, on 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 a daily basis with uh, with artistic creation. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, how do you balance um, the continuation of what worked well, um, yep. and and also making changes, and and in, and through the changing, um, preserving and honouring the historic art forms while making mm. room for the new digital offerings that are um, hitting us at a great rate um, and are speeding things up in the arts world very you know to a to a pace that we have not engaged with before I, 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 what we try to do and as you said it's a question of achieving balance so it's uh, it's there's no kind of a recipe perfect recipe but what we tried to do for instance we we committed that over the next uh, Five years, we are moving the needle. Uh, when you know, when in 2015, we had roughly 70% of our uh, grants that would go to organizations, so yes. and organizations on an ongoing base. And we decided that over the next five years, with the doubling of our funds, that we would move the needle to have in 2021 half of the grants that we are awarding that are going to organizations uh, on, uh, you know, in, in what we call core funding. So it's kind of a continuous funding. Right. And half of the money, which is a lot, that would go on uh, projects. So money that is engaged uh, on specific artistic projects. And when the project is over, then, the, you know, we, the money is, is coming back to the council. So really nice. making sure that uh, when we start any given year, uh, we still have a lot of available resources for new uh, projects and new voices and new experiments and that not all the money or the bulk of the money is frozen to support uh, the ongoing operation of uh, of permanent uh, clients of the council so it's a very radical decision uh, but it's uh, it's a decision that allows us to both honor uh, the more mature uh, voices, uh, artistic voices that we have been supported over the years, and at the same time uh, making a real uh, opening to uh, new voices, new practices, new ways of doing things, hoping that uh, the new will be absorbed by the already existing uh, and, and and provoke renewal and reinvention 
and refoundation of uh, of the artistic uh, sector in Canada. So so we are at the beginning of that journey, but so far uh, we can see that uh, the artistic um, landscape is is changing and and is reflecting more and more. Uh, the real possibilities that we have in this country. Um, so, so again, it's another, uh, it's another uh, very interesting journey for us. That um, ties into cultural policy uh, within Canada. And can you describe the role that the Canada Council has in setting our cultural policy? Mm. Canada Council is not, uh, you know, we are not a policy-making body. You know, we're not a government, so we cannot... Uh, craft or, or vote or yeah. decide cultural policies, but we consider that we need to, uh, we, we're delivering public values, yes. and we have, uh, we, we have some kind of a policy thinking yes. uh, approach, so, so, so even if there's no, I mean, like there's no policy for the arts in Canada, we have an instrument we have a mandate saying that uh, the uh, promotion of the enjoyment of the arts and the support of the production of the arts uh, are uh, are important for the government and yes. they, they give us the mandate to do it. So without necessarily uh, having a very precise cultural policy, we are uh, developing and crafting our strategic plans, for instance, uh, in the spirit of uh, public good and in the spirit of uh, 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 some kind of a very broad uh, uh, policy, cultural policy thinking. Right. Uh, we, when we do something where we make an investment, we try to see what will be the impact beyond uh, the specific recipient of that grant. So what will be the impact of, on their community? What will be the impact on the uh, Canadian presence worldwide? What will be the... So, so it's in that way, uh, cultural policy uh, uh, are always uh, on the back of our mind, but we formally not uh, do uh, and, and create and propose cultural policies. That's the responsibility of uh, the government. Right. Thank you for that. One of the things that I'm curious about is this area of inclusion, um, particularly given Canada's, Canada's diverse population. Yep. Um, how is Canada Council sitting setting policies or working um, to advance the objective of exclusivity in the arts to engage with and embrace Canadians from the multicultural background and walks of life that we have. Uh, we do that uh, mainly through uh, two different things. One is uh, we, 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 uh, we, we as, as a criteria, uh, a funding criteria. So if you want, right, if you yes. are an organization and you want to get funding from the Canada Council, you need to demonstrate in your grant application that uh, not only you, 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 you try to uh, achieve excellent artistic uh, uh, work, but also that you do have plans, uh, not only intentions, but plans and uh, that you're planning very concrete uh, actions in order to reflect uh, the diversity of your community uh, in the governance of your organization, in the programming of your organization, and the way you engage with uh, uh, the audience. So, so, and, and, and you are uh, assessed uh, 
on those uh, intentions. Uh, so that's a way, a very concrete way to advance uh, more inclusion. But another way to do it uh, is through a targeted investment. So we have uh, in Canada, we designated uh, communities uh, that have been for uh, that that are syst- systematically uh, that, that that are experiencing a systemic um, uh, you know uh, disadvantage. So, uh, yes. for instance, we any organizations of uh, uh, official language in a minority situation. Um, so, so, so we make also target investment. We just did invested uh, money to 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 really make sure that uh, our most promising uh, organizations that are at the forefront of diversity uh, get uh, uh, a top up yes. uh, support. Uh, so uh, beyond the, the fact that they would be well assessed, like any other organization, they got kind of a special money to really uh, uh, give them uh, an advantage in a situation where uh, they had experience for years and years, uh, you know, uh, uh, discrimination or, or a lack of, uh, of support. Wonderful. So that kind of leads really nicely into the conversation around regeneration of cities. And prior to joining Canada Council, you were instrumental in shaping the cultural direction of the city of Montreal, um, Mm -hmm. arguably one of the most culturally accomplished places in Canada. Um, How how do you see arts and culture um, being used as a regeneration policy uh, process and how do you then take that from a municipal level and intersect that with a national level? Um, it's, it's an excellent question. I, I, as, as you know, as you said, I, I've been very active at the municipal level, and I, I right now in Canada, when we think about uh, cultural investments. Uh, it's true that those investments could be made uh, at the municipal level, at the provincial level, or at the federal level. Yeah. And what we try to do more and more is to have some kind of a, an awareness of what the other players uh, have in the system right. to make sure that the investments that are made have the, 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 most, the, bigger, uh, the biggest impact possible. In a city, in cities, uh, it's clear that uh, the, it has been proven that uh, the artistic activity and the cultural activity uh, has a lot of impact in terms of, uh, of creating trusting spaces, uh, creating more uh, security. Uh, the, it, it creates a sense of, uh, of, uh, of being uh, of citizenry. Uh, yes. it, it creates a sense of, uh, of engagement for the different forces of the civil society. So, so we, uh, at the federal level, at the national level, cannot be very, very precise the way we, uh, we invest uh, to, to provoke uh, regeneration in one city. But we, we are aware that our investment will have that impact if uh, we work well uh, and we collaborate 
with uh, the organizations on the ground and with the other funders. So, so that is happening. Uh, there is a network in Canada yes. of arts funders, yes. and uh, there are regular exchanges and discussions to, again, optimize uh, public investment in order to, to generate uh, as many benefits as one can generate. And one of those benefits is certainly uh, urban regeneration. Yes. So do do you see um, in Canada we've got the Creative Cities Network, and in the UK, yes. and in, then in the UK we've got the UK City of Culture. Do you see those kind of as as aligned and similar in the way that they are activating spaces to regenerate cities? Yes, I think the, the I mean these are are very uh, important networks. Uh, and um, you know it's it's uneven, you know, and depending on which year and all that. But they yeah. are important. I think the all the research and all the thinking and uh, and all the advocacy uh, related to uh, urban regeneration is really important because it it for me, I mean, I think the argument is that it's not only culture that provokes uh, urban regeneration. It, it's but it has to be in the mix. Yes. When you want to regenerate a city, you need to, to really think about, uh, uh, you know, make it more green. You, you need to think about mobility, transportation. Uh, you need to, t- to think about the security, housing, and all of that. But, but in that big mix of uh, ingredients that could provoke and, and sustain urban regeneration, uh, I absolutely believe that uh, arts and culture uh, is one of the ingredients, and I think that the, that that this awareness is 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 more and more uh, shared, and uh, and and we will see um, we will see a lot of, uh, of of positive impact of public investment to support us in culture in the in the future. That's so it. those networks are are important because they they help to. To, to to argue and to uh, argue for urban generation sometimes they help to uh, to to um, to measure uh, what it is they they contribute to uh, the uh, narrative of uh, of uh, urban regeneration and that's really important wonderful so when we're talking about um, public engagement and um, specifically, I want to talk about the Arts Across Canada program. Can you yeah. tell us about that program? So, yes, that program is specifically there to help support uh, the, the presentation of uh, arts and literature in Canada through, for instance, uh, artistic or literary festivals, right. uh, uh, through uh, touring, and uh, so, so it's, it's uh, or through publishing. So it's really a, a program that is there first and foremost to, to make sure that art is not only created, but also shared right. and, uh, and shared uh, with Canadians. So um, the, the grants that will be awarded in the context of that program will really help to, uh, to, to present uh, artistic uh, creation or, or literature 
uh, in a way that, uh, that, that is interesting, stimulating, inspiring, and that is engaging uh, communities across, the Canada, across Canada. So we're not the only funder doing that, yes. but we do it really uh, with the lens of uh, engagement with uh, the best of the best of arts and literature. Great. And the Art Bank is another very interesting offering that engages the public and is actually owned by all Canadians. Can you share more details about the Art Bank? Yes, the Canada Council operates, uh, created uh, years ago, and operates what we call the Art Bank. It's uh, it's a collection of of more than 17,000 works of art, uh, contemporary works of art. It's one of the largest uh, public collection of uh, of indigenous arts by the way right. and that collection is uh, is is uh, the, the works of arts are rented right. to uh, public institutions to uh, even private institutions offices and all of that so for for uh, a very reasonable price yes. and it's a way to make sure that uh, arts is shown uh, in public to people in their daily life, uh, so it could be at the office, it could be uh, in an hospital, it could be could be anywhere. So the uh, the arts bank is it's very easy to find on the web, and you can go on the web and and see uh, what we have in the collection. Yeah. Uh, search for you know the things you you would like to see, have a sense of what the price is, and once you made your decision that you want to rent, you can. And contact uh, our staff, and uh, and they will uh, they will guide you uh, to uh, the moment uh, where there will be an installation, uh, physical installation in right. your in your uh, office or building. Right. So it's the full package where you you Absolutely. select a piece of art, and then. Um, Art Bank come and actually install the work in exactly. In so it's space. not. It's not. A, we're not a museum. So we're yes. not collecting and protecting yes. uh, forever those uh, work of art. We we buy those works of art, uh, and, and the artists know that the intention is to uh, to to make sure that there is a circulation yes. of uh, of the pieces a constant circulation of those pieces uh, across the country for people to see. Uh, and engage with uh, those uh, pieces of art. Right, wonderful. And now we've just celebrated Canada's 150th birthday last year, and it was also uh, the 60th anniversary for the Canada Council for the Arts. There were many projects that happened across the country uh, to mark these occasions. Uh, Was there a highlight that you want to share of a specific initiative or project that left an impression with you? Yeah, we we for for that occasion we created a, a special program, and uh, the program the name of the program was a new chapter. Yes. Uh, and and those uh, and and the idea was that we would fund a project of artistic creation, so new work that would uh, really uh, challenge or illustrate or question or or, or reflect. Uh, about uh, what it means to to live uh, in 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 Canada today or in the future. So there was no kind of a uh, there was no obligation of celebrating an anniversary. Right. It was more the idea of taking advantage of that anniversary to to 
to create a very uh, important moment of artistic creation with the hope that all the projects that we would support would create some kind of a lasting uh, artistic legacy for uh, Canadians. Right. So we, we, we did a big, uh, we organized a big uh, competition to get uh, projects. And we, we got, <clears throat> excuse me, more than 2,000 projects coming from all over the country. Wow, that's uh, exciting. 2,000 projects of artistic creation. And we decided to support uh, 210 or so of those projects with significant grants. So it was the idea was not to give everybody a little, a small amount right. of money. The idea was to give a big amount of money to uh, to the, the the best projects, really to to give the possibility of uh, thinking and acting bold. So uh, many of those projects already happen. A, a big portion of them uh, is uh, is coming. Uh, you 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 have uh, you know musical uh, work that has been created. Uh, plays, uh, uh, um, films, uh, I mean, a lot of of things that have been created uh, and uh, you can follow on the social media with the uh, hashtag new chapter, uh, many of those projects coming to fruition. Um, and and it has been. I mean, we invested 35 million in that. It has been one of the most important uh, year ever yes. in terms of direct support to uh, project of artistic creation in this country. So we're very proud we did it. It's, it's fascinating. I think it's wonderful and a great showcase of the talent that is in Canada. So, yes. So when you think about the next hundred years or or fifty. Um, <laughs> And all the new technologies that are shaping our world and the ones that are going to shape our world that we're really not aware of yet. Mm. Um, What do you foresee as the biggest trends that will impact us moving forward, both from the perspective of the artist and the public? Um, For example, social media has fostered a sense of people being creators rather than just consumers. Is there anything Mm. you kind of see in the future that you think we need to be aware of and have on our radar? I think that, in a nutshell, because that that could be the subject of a book or a very <laughs> long conference. But I, in a nutshell, what I think is a, what I what I think is a challenge for the future is that we are now at a point where, for the first time in the history of uh, humankind, that uh, we we are we have the possibility of building a civilization from which human being will be expelled from. Uh, we, in the past and till today, uh, human beings always imagined the civilization putting themselves at the center of it. Right. Now with the machines and the robots and um, everything, intelligent, artificial intelligence and all of that, we, we, we are almost to the point that we want to put uh, algorithms and machines at the center of our civilization and human beings at the periphery of the civilization. And I think it's a, it's a huge uh, shift. It's a huge challenge. And I think that it means for the arts and for the artists, uh, it, it gives the, the artists and the arts a huge responsibility. And that responsibility is to preserve and affirm uh, what I would call the the, the profound human uh, nature 
uh, of uh, of creation. So mm-hmm. the, I'm, I'm not saying that it's a fight between the machines and the artists or the algorithms and, and the artistic creation, yes. but I think that by uh, I think artistic uh, creation is more needed than ever, and it's needed because it's the best proof that we are still human beings yeah. and that we are still uh, we still need to exist uh, before and beyond uh, the machines uh, that are more and more trying to capture everything we do yes. in order to predict what we should do. Yes, arts yeah. are unpredictable, yeah. and 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 algorithms, you know, it's all and 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 intelligence, artificial intelligence. It's all about, you know, building the future by analyzing what you have did done in the past. Yeah. I think the arts are about building the future, uh, and uh, not necessarily a predictable future. So I think we need more and more the artists. Uh, and um, uh, I am still very, I'm, I'm very optimistic in terms of the role of the arts because I think it's more needed than ever, and we will realize that more and more and more. People are more and more isolated in their own bubble. Yes. Uh, they, you know, we, 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 we live in a world where everything is filtered to to make sure that we hear uh, what we what would they think we should hear yeah. and um it will become a very very boring world if uh, we don't have artists to challenge all that to disorganize all that to short circuit yes. uh, uh that system yeah and you know i'm I truly believe the arts is the core of us as beings and how we function in amongst all of that narrative of new technologies and uh, algorithms, as you've said, is going to be a challenge, um, certainly for the generations to come and how they how they find their voice in amongst all of that, especially for our yeah. artists especially. Uh, when you were in... Uh, at McEwen University back in 2015, you gave a speech called Reimagining Canada's Future Through the Arts, which kind of touches yeah. on this stuff a little bit. And you talked about taking risks and being bold and embracing the future in order to keep pace with change. Um, from our conversation today, it looks like you've been doing your fair share of that in these areas and you know the th- what we've just talked about and how we move forward and what that means for us and mm. what that looks like. So in relation to all of that, um, what are the next things for the Canada Council? I think the next thing for Canada Council is, uh, is um, to be able to play uh, um, some kind of a thought leadership role in, in yes. Canadian society. Yes. I think that the next thing for the Canada Council is to be, to act, to being perceived and to act as more than just a funder, more than just a, an organization that awards funds to artists or right. to projects, but as a real player that should be invited around the tables where discussions and decisions are made about the future of our society. Yes. I think earning that seat at the table is really, which I think we, 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 this, this, this is the goal. 
and uh, it's the next uh, phase for the Canada Council. So being relevant yes. uh, in, and, and being able to, uh, to participate and contribute to, this, to discussions that are going far beyond just, uh, you know, arts funding. And we just talked about uh, the future and uh, the importance of arts in, in a world that is uh, uh, digital or even post-digital. Um, and I think uh, all that is, uh, is, a, is a reason for uh, trying to earn that seat at the table of uh, important discussions and decisions. How do you see Canada Council earning that right to have the seat at the table? I think by uh, by by um, by being relevant in those conversations. So it's not to talk about ourselves, yes. but it's really to to see you know when there's a big issue in our society, what is it that we can contribute? And one way I'll give you an example of a moment where we did that is when Canada announced uh, its intention to. Um, Welcome uh, thousands of uh, of uh, Syrian refugees. Yeah, uh, that was like kind of a national, uh, you know, uh, project, and the Canada Council came and said, okay, we think we can do something. We think that uh, uh, we could craft, uh, you know, an initiative to support our clients, so artistic organizations, to open their door and to welcome Syrian refugees as part. Of uh, of uh, opening the doors and the hearts in this right. country for newcomers, and we organized it, and it became very relevant. And uh, all of a sudden, we were in conversations with uh, social workers, with people in charge of security, with uh, government, with local organizations, because we were part of something that is not was not at the beginning, uh, an artistic matter, but more kind of a social project of uh, welcoming uh, refugees. So I think that there will be uh, more and more occasions like that where uh, we will come uh, to the table and say, okay, this this is important for our fellow citizen. And we think that as, uh, as artists or as funders of artists, uh, we could uh, contribute in our own way and, uh, and, uh, and help achieve goals that are much bigger than just uh, engagement with the arts. Yeah, that's wonderful. Uh, as we're wrapping up, um, is there anything else you'd like to add to the conversation? No, I, no, I don't think so. I think it has, to be, it has been a, an interesting conversation and, uh, um, and, and uh, uh, we, we we can continue with yes, the yeah, very, conversation. Yeah, very much uh, so. I uh, want to thank you for, for that. Yes, and if you um, if Canada Council ever decides to run a conference on um, how we uh, embrace new trends facing us and with new technologies and things, mm-hmm. um, I'm sure we'll all be there uh, cause sure. it, because it certainly is something that we all have to think about how yes, we move absolutely. forward. Um, Simone, okay, so I'd like to thank you for, for yeah. the conversation. Yes, and thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Okay. Thank bye. you.
Hi, it's Anita here in the studio with Katrina. That was an amazing interview with Simone and there was so much in that interview that we could be talking about it for weeks to come and even run a conference off it probably. Uh, Katrina, what did you think of it? It was a great interview, absolutely mind-blowing. I think one of the interesting things that Simone mentioned is what is the role of the Canada Council? That's something that I learned a lot about. Yeah, very much so. And I think one of the things that he really did clarify is that Canada Council is not a policy-making body, that policy gets made at a government level and then Canada Council's arm's length and their role is to implement the policy rather than be the policy makers. And you know, that was so interesting because I think from the outside, we look at them and think they are government, aren't they? And so this distinction of being arm's length and not necessarily being a policy maker, I think is really interesting. Um, another thing that struck me is the role that Canada Council is playing on elevating Canada's place in the world. He talked about he talked about hosting this meeting in May for Public Arts Funders of Americas. And I thought that was really interesting that we were taking that kind of a leadership role on the world stage. Yeah, very important. And, you know, he really talked about as with the funding also moving forward about how to get Canadian artists out there on an international platform and how critical it is that we are in the dialogue that is international. And that's really important to the building of our artists and our culture out there. And also the building of our Indigenous artists was really important. Absolutely. Yeah. I felt really proud as a Canadian to hear that. Yeah, it was, it was really important. And knowing that that was kind of one of his real drivers, I think, was really important. The other thing that I was really impressed with him was when he talked about the funding model that he changed and how... He really wanted to focus on new and merging artists and and companies that haven't got funding before with the ability to create sustainability in those organisations. I think that's really important. You know, it was really brave of him to take that on because that is a controversial area. It's an enormous area. I think of all the ripple effects that happen as a result of that. So if you're a grant writer and you understand the old system, all of a sudden you have this brand new system that you're working with. And I think it's caused a little bit of controversy in some of those established organizations. But at the same time, as you're saying, it's opened the doors for all of these new organizations to potentially receive funding that's more outcomes-based. So I really applaud the work that he's done on that. I think it's it's rather courageous of him. Yeah, I think it was a fantastic interview. And, you know, what really seems to underpin his work is that arts and culture is part of our daily lives and that truth and reconciliation does matter and it is important and that arts and culture is the place where we can actually have a dialogue around truth and reconciliation and do it in a really respectful way. And also that as can as Canadians, we're important. And we're important on a world platform. And Definitely. I thought that was fantastic. So nice to hear that. Yeah. This show was created by executive producer Annetta Latham, producer Katrina Ingram, technical producer Paul Johnston, research assistant Rael Lockwood, theme music by Emily DeFour, and cover art by Constanza Pasher. Artful Conversations is a production of McEwen University, all rights reserved. <laughs>